Miley. We need some intro music. Ooh. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Women, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hi, Miley. Welcome back. Hello, Mandy. Thanks for uh, for the welcome back. Just a heads up to listeners, I'm probably going to say welcome back to Miley every single intro <laughs> for the next month. Probably. And I'll probably be saying welcome back as well, Mandy. You, yeah, you we'll go back and forth. Traveling back and forth in and out of Arizona for the next month or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to be good. Oh, yeah. But you get to go somewhere cool. We all, we both get to go to cool places. Okay. It's a mindset, Mandy. It's a mindset. You know. I'm excited for my trip. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'd be a lot more excited (laughs) if I was going to Fiji. Well, you know, I'm part excited and part a little anxious, but I always get anxious when I leave for trips that are for a longer period of time and so far I'm going to be Ooh. I was just thinking I was like I'm going to be in the middle of this big gigantic ocean on a little plop of dirt and like and yeah are you I'm a little nervous about that LA LA yes it's a long flight it is it's like 17 freaking hours and I oh really I haven't been Wait, are you laying over somewhere no LA to Fiji straight right yeah it should only be like 11 hours that's what I thought I did the time conversion and it was 11 hours but then for some reason, my ticket says 17 hours. Does that include from Phoenix to LA? No. Oh, but you know what? From Naughty, uh, oh, Fiji, I also have a second leg to the smaller island that I'll be go- like eventually oh, in. So maybe that's, that's what it is because, yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, because I'm like, where I'm like, did 17 right. come from? I was like, I'm not the best at math, but I know. Yeah. If you were going all the way to Australia, that yeah, maybe be so, more like 15. But still, I'm still, you know, anxious and we'll see. It's a long flight. If you have... Uh, what's that stuff called? Um, like a sleep aid. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to bring some of that out. What's that called? Valium? No. Oh, oh it's Why can't Dramamine. Dramamine. Well, that's a motion is, sickness. Oh, but that's, that's for boats. Counter. You need that. I really need that. <laughs> ooh, ooh. That's for boats if you're going scuba diving. I should probably bring, yeah, I am going to go scuba diving. Make yourself a note. And then what's the what's the sleepy stuff people take? God, apparently I don't take enough drugs. People get a prescription for it, I though, do. and it's like a sleepy pill. And probably the only time I would ever recommend it is for that flight. It was the longest flight I've ever been on. Even, you know, it's longer than getting from Minnesota or Detroit over to London. Like, even Phoenix to London yeah. Direct is only eight hours, I think. Really? So... Fiji was definitely the longest and I got real like I just wanted to sleep and my body you know mm. you're twisting around trying to get comfortable in the planes yeah. and but we'll uh, see we will see yeah or maybe just take some Benadryl yeah if maybe. that makes you sleepy because mm-hmm. that'll I mean 10 hours you should be recover from a Benadryl hangover right yeah I'll work on that I'll see I'm, I'm a little <laughs> I know thanks for all the advice I'm, I'm just getting really I anxious. just remember getting there and I was like I wish I could have slept more than 40 minutes on and off oh, that's a good idea okay then yeah I mean I'll just bring some NyQuil with me that oh stuff really works if that me. makes you sleepy then do that yeah Almost Mm-mm. nothing makes me tired, which is aggravating. Oh, no. Oh, NyQuil knocks me out. Oh, lucky. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I feel like all those nighttime meds kind of wake me up. I lay there oh, awake. I'll, I'll sleep for about an hour, and then I wake up. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, do, 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 do. Huh. <laughs> very of, active mind there. Yeah, that's some, some weird, something about that drug just does not make me sleepy. It buzzes me up a little bit. Oh. 
So when I come back from Fiji, you'll be heading off to Detroit? I think so. I head to Detroit around in memori- during Memorial Weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. middle of the weekend. Got you. So and we're then, back in town yeah. like a week or so together. Okay, yay. And then, uh, and then hopefully, I'm hoping I can join you and Mr. Boyfriend in Cedar Point. We will see. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be super fun. That would be fun. Yeah. There was a quick minute where we thought, in, where we were, we were considering, he really wasn't considering it. I told him the options. And he was like, I, I don't care. <laughs> both, <laughs> both sound great to me. He's like, both have pros. So I don't know. I don't want to make the decision. He's like, you want me to flip a coin? And I'm like, no, I can't leave my life. Ah. Like my life is not a coin to us. Yeah. I'm like, I want to decide which one my heart would be more sad if I didn't do. Oh, and it was between the one day in Cedar Point or an overnight to Chicago. Oh, got you. Because I have friends in Chicago, and there's a big vegan food festival in Chicago. Oh, that, that same sounds like really... Up my alley, right? Totally. Yeah, so Vegan Dale is happening in Chicago the second Saturday in June. Oh. And I'm like, oh, Chicago's only about four hours. Mm-hmm, we could drive mm-hmm. over there. And then my friend Tony, I asked her if she was going, and she said no. She's like, we'll be in town. She said, our spare bedroom is available if you want it. So I was like, oh, well, that makes the, uh, the, the idea more exciting having a free place to stay in Chicago yeah. and close to the action and hanging out oh, with shucks. friends. So I don't know. I was debating. I'm like, but I go to food festivals all of the time. But do you go to Vegandale in Chicago? No. All the time? So I was really scouring their food vendor uh-huh. list because they have a huge vendor list. It must be a hundred people on the vendor list minimum. Uh, it's a big one. Like we have, like we used to have here, I should say. And like Josh is working on here with the vegan social, but, uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't found any real reason that's pulling me to go to that festival. Like anything super, super special. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking, cause LA has huge events often, like almost weekly, they have big block parties and then they have a couple per year and that's pretty easy to get to. So I'm leaning more towards Cedar Point because I feel like it's taken me 15 years to get back to Cedar Point. And if I don't do it now, I'm not sure when, when I'll do, do it. it. Yeah. I'm not sure when I'll have somebody who's willing to go because that's been a, a like a holdup for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I haven't mm-hmm. had anybody who ever wants to- And now to, you have two people. And now I have two people who want to ride roller coasters. Yes. And I feel like our bodies are only going to tolerate yeah. riding roller coasters for so much longer. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of just like, maybe I should just get this out of the way, do Cedar Point. Yeah. And check okay. it off the list and make like satisfy that thing in my brain, that open tab. Cause I food festivals happen thinking. multiple times a year. Yeah. I think that's great thinking. And okay. Okay. Cedar Point, not so much. So anyways, okay, it would be cool. fun if you made it there. I would. Yeah. I really hope I, I do. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the residency oh. dinner is the night that, you know, that Thursday. Oh, yeah. And then uh, one of the special Olympics or special needs programs is doing a theater performance. And I always go to theirs and I always oh. support them. And I told them, it's a Lion King this year, and I told them I would come and support them. And I like there hasn't been a year that I haven't, minus COVID when they didn't even have one. But whenever they do have a show, I always yeah. go. So we'll see. Um, oh, that's so funny about the residency dinner because I was saying to one of our former coworkers, one of my former coworkers, you're still coworker. Yeah. I was like, am I invited to this dinner? I interviewed these residents. I better get an invite to this dinner. Ah, I worked with them all year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now I'm finding out I'm not even in town. So uh, I still want an invite. <laughs> Make sure people know. I was well, like, I better get invited. can't even find a venue right now, so oh. we'll see how that works. I heard that my replacement was out looking for mm-hmm. a venue, mm-hmm. and that I was is like, her number one assignment right now. I was like, oh shh. 
Yeah. I was like, welcome to the club. That's what I say. If they pick a different venue, which now I'm hoping they will, because then if they pick a different venue, then it'll probably be a different night. And oh. then wait, do you then, have a venue now or no? No. So not if that you I know find of. a venue, it may not even be that yeah, week. That's what I'm saying. So it might oh. be a different night. Should then, I help find a venue so I can that go? That would be great, actually. <laughs> and make sure that it's not on that night. I'll earn so my that, ticket. Yeah. yeah. Like find the venue so that's not on uh-huh. that Thursday, so that I can fly to Detroit. Actually, that night, I'm hoping that I can just catch the theater performance that Thursday, and then take yeah. a red eye to Red Detroit to cool. meet you there. Um, Great. Because if not, then I'd have to, if the dinner is that Thursday, I have to catch the performance on Friday and then fly. So I don't yeah. know if that's going to work out. So move the dinner okay. to a different night when you can attend. Okay. And then that frees up that Thursday so I can do that special needs theater performance and then fly to Detroit. And then everyone is happy. We so smart. Yes. Done. <laughs> deal. <laughs> See, we solved the world's problems in less than five minutes. That is hilarious. I'm very tempted to do this. Yes, please. <laughs> You're not even tempted. You are now motivated. Where can I find uh, a venue that'll hold probably 60 to 70 yeah. and on less than $100 a head? Yes. We have about 65 to $70 a head traditionally. I mean, we could totally go like uh, really ghetto. Yeah. And-, and it has to be a cash bar at that rate because just hard to find yes and no so if we really want to go ghetto okay. we can totally rent one of those event rooms at my old housing complex oh. and we can bring in our own alcohol mm-hmm. and then we don't need you know so and total that would totally be under budget if it's on a night i'm available i'll bartend oh yeah <laughs> totally i'm Let's- always looking to make some side cash these days <laughs> no I can I be want cater- you to I can- be drinking and dancing with me. Oh, I'll be drinking. I can also cater the dessert. Exactly. See? <laughs> See, we solve even more than Look the world us. problems. Look at us go. Yes. That's Done. amazing. Deal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so you're so just yeah. back mm-hmm. from Chicago, though. Um, You know, I just came back from Columbus. Oh, Columbus, that's right. Yes. You booked the wrong city, yeah, to- and it was originally... Yes. Not Chicago. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> all so, the sea cities. Yeah. Why do I get them all mixed so, up? So, uh, that was for the Special Care Dentistry Conference. That mm-hmm. went really, really well. So I was really happy about that. Did a presentation. My team members all did a presentation as well. And we got really good feedback. So Great. that's exciting and represented our university really well. And then uh, and then I've been studying and that's about it. And then Ooh. just working. So, yeah. The uh, huge. The huge. How about you? Uh, a lot of the huge. I mean, you know, I'm full time in the baking gig now. And it's busier than ever because I can be I don't have to turn down orders all the time which is pretty cool that's good my SEO on my website is working like I mean it's just it's just working oh it's so good I'm getting so many hits on Google so happy for you thank you I got a notification from Wix yesterday I think that your website is getting high like more traffic traffic than ever Mm. 240 hits in a week nice it's pretty high that's wonderful I'm not getting 240 orders a week but but a lot of those people could be looking for same day bakeries. Yeah. They want to walk in somewhere and purchase something. But they know something. of you now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, awesome. I am getting a ton of out of towners because people are coming into town for graduations and uh, weddings. Even I have some people coming into a wedding and they want a vegan dessert option. Ooh. So they ordered a cake from me to be delivered to this small house reception party type of gig, so that there is a vegan cake option at this wedding that's wonderful I know it's so funny and lots of -of out-of-towners like I said ASU graduations and stuff I'm getting a lot of um moms calling and having things delivered or uh picked up for graduations for their kids who are here nice super good yeah beans I know I love it oh good good 
I finished a limited series on Netflix mm-hmm. called uh, Behind Her Eyes. It sounds familiar. It is really good. Did you tell us about this or have I just no, maybe I seen the- No, I have not talked. I've been, I've been itching to talk about it. I actually <laughs> wanted to talk about it last week, oh. but I've been itching to talk about it because it, I, first of all, I don't have a lot of time to watch TV. Right. And so that's why like, I don't really have streaming services. My brother has it all because he, because he watches all of it, but I yeah. just watch whenever I can. So I don't get to watch a lot of television or movies or whatever, but- I watched uh, Behind Her Eyes with uh, my friends Aaron and Rachel. They got me into it. And it is... Is it a thriller? It's like suspenseful. And it's about this couple that moves to this new neighborhood. And he's a psychiatrist. And he, uh, he starts working at this psychiatrist's office. And so what happens is he they move to this new town and on you know one of the first nights he's there he goes to the local bar and um, at this local bar he runs into this this neat really neat cool chick like this cool girl so and he they thinks. hit it off <laughs> they hit it off and uh, and then like they end up kissing the like at the end of the night and then he's like oh no I like I can't do this I can't do this like this is so wrong and he just bolts off they don't know each other's names or anything and then the next day he goes to work and she ends up being his secretary oh shit yeah and and there's no reason explained why I can't do this no well but then when when like he starts his first day she learns that he's married and uh and she's like the wife is actually there and she's like looking around at the office and she's introducing herself to the staff and things like that and uh and then what happens is like they end up. Are there spoilers here? No, Do no, people no, no, need no. To fast not, forward? no, no, no. Uh, this is all in like the first, I don't know, like. Episode? 15, okay. no, 15 minutes. Okay. So this is all in the first 15 minutes. And it's also in the trailer. So if you watch the trailers, uh. yeah. So what happens is obviously the psychiatrist and the secretary end up having a thing. And what happens is the wife also, like, it's a whole, but the, it's not just about like the affair. Right. But there's like a lot of other suspenseful psych- psychiatric things like mental illnesses that come into play in the storyline. And, um, and then, the, you know, so it's like traumas and there's actually, uh, some, well, okay. So yeah, I won't say the next <laughs> part because the next one would be a spoiler alert, but it's actually something that, that comes out of nowhere. Like you, you think, you know, but you don't know. And you think that like maybe the husband, the psychiatrist is the bad guy, but then you think maybe the wife is a bad guy, but then, you know, then what happens is the wife will do something and you're like, no, she's not the bad guy. She's actually the, <laughs> the, the victim. And then, then the husband says something. And you're like, no, 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 he's the victim. And there's just a lot of just, it's like, it keeps you on your toes. It's only six episodes. Mm. Um, the moral okay. of the lesson that I learned is don't mess with married men. I'm glad it took you a Netflix show <laughs> to get this lesson. <laughs> don't mess with married oh men. Gosh. And it's, it has nothing oh, to do with shit. like the wife either. It's just like everything that happens. And I'm like, you, you get pushed back and forth between the, the confusion of, you know, who's, who's really at fault and who's not at fault and who's do, like, you know, everyone just, at play has exactly. some blame. Yeah, but like, but it's more than that. You, you have you, you won't find out until like the fifth or the the sixth episode. Like, but it who's has nothing crazy to do is really with, driving this yeah, train. It has it, it has nothing to do with what you think you know. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. I might watch it. as long as there's no bloody murder. It's not no. like scary. It's just who done it. Suspenseful. And it's going to be like, it actually, oh my gosh, I actually want you to watch it. Do you know why? Because we actually did an episode on what really happens in this show. But what? Exactly. 
like, <laughs> like when you when you find out what happens at the very end of the series, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, we talked about this in a whole episode in first season. Oh Lord, yeah, and well, it has nothing to do with what you think. Okay, it is okay, okay. About when I, you're watching. It. Well, I have the trip to Michigan, which is flying a, a, a good long flight by myself and then I also have a 10 hour car ride the yeah. day after I get there and so maybe I'll get a little chance to watch TV there or maybe in the hotel room and or maybe on the car ride back to Detroit and then yeah, <laughs> the yeah, flight yeah, yeah. Home, it's only maybe. six episodes 45 okay. minutes each okay, and okay I watched it all well I watched it in two settings so, because I just could not handle myself I will tell people that it is getting good reviews online oh good. IMDb, I didn't know you were looking at it yeah, yeah. I, IMDb is got a 7.2 oh Google mm. reviews are 4.4 out of 5 people are it really enjoying so it. It is so good that I want to watch it again because now that you know how the story unfolds, you actually want to rewatch everything because then you, yeah. you catch all of these little things that tell you what happened but your mind does not pick it up. And mm. like afterwards I was like, "Oh my gosh, it th- like what happened there? I thought was just a random thing, but it actually contributed to the this like yeah. the end result or whatever. Well, it's and interesting because we're all informed by our personal experiences, right? So yeah. y- you see what you've been informed by, mm-hmm. and so oh, I'm excited because yeah. okay. like the whole time I'm I'll thinking, oh my gosh, like they're having an affair. This is so wrong. Like they shouldn't be doing that. And it's and then like I'm looking at the wife and the husband and all the issues that they're having in their marriage, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like if they're not happy, they shouldn't do this. And then but then in the end, it had nothing to do with like what I thought. I thought I solved the problem. I thought I figured out what, well, I thought I was smarter than the writers. Nope. Came out of nowhere. All right. I appreciate the rec. I haven't gotten into much. I did get back into the new season of Grace and Frankie. Oh. Really? Like they released four episodes last year, August, maybe August, 2021 and season seven. And all they dropped were four episodes because apparently COVID got in the way of taping and filming and producing and all this crap. So then they stopped. Now the last uh, 12 episodes dropped. So now there's a total of 16 in this season. And I'm maybe four more episodes in, four or five more episodes in. I had a little bit of time that I didn't, actually didn't have a little bit of time, but I went ahead and watched a few episodes over the weekend. Um, So I'm back into that right now. And then Russian Doll. I'll be I'll I'll talk about that once I get to the second second season of that. It's been three years since the first season. Oh wow! And it was a really cool show. Okay, I'm really excited to watch that. But uh, I'll download yours as well because yes, then I also have the Georgia trip coming up. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And so you I have got, to tell me when you watch it because seriously, yeah. Whew, yeah, I got a lot of trips coming up, so I'll have some time. Okay, awesome. Yeah, behind her eyes. Yeah, I'm looking. It looks good, and I'm mm-hmm. glad it's on Netflix because it's one streaming platform I still enjoy. Oh, good. I'm glad. It <laughs> doesn't have commercials and yeah. whatever, whatever. Allegedly, they're getting them, though. Unless you pay for Ugh, another gross. tier, I guess. Ugh. I know. Ugh. Bummer. But anyways. What are we talking about today? Are we talking about... Public speaking. Yes. I was like, presentations? No, but it is a little, a, a bit it's, on presentations. It's about like it's, public speaking or when you present, when yeah. you're public speaking, how to present yourself when you are speaking to people. And you also dive into how to format presentations and a like kind of formatting, yeah. A little bit of how to go through your slides and how to talk to people and et cetera, et cetera. So whether you're just talking in front of a group, a small group, an intimate group, public speaking, or a big group, and you're giving presentations and lectures, there's a lot in this episode. Yeah. I mean, we even dive a little bit into like uh, eulogies. We mentioned a little bit eulogies mm-hmm. and um, and just little things like that. So yep. I, I, hope, uh, I hope our 
our listeners enjoy and yeah. get a little a couple pearls out of it. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Well, enjoy. Hey, Miley. Hey, Mandy. I'm ready to record whenever you are. Ready, set, go. Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are talking about one of the most common fears that people have in today's world right now. Do you know what it is? Snakes. Exactly. Clowns. (laughs) (laughs) So getting lost in the mountains. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you, know, you go. Tell me oh, what it is okay. for real. Well, you know, because we planned it together. <laughs> you tell <laughs> but, the people. <laughs> but we are talking about glossophobia. Wow, that's a word. Glossophobia. If I didn't already know what this meant, mm-hmm. I would think a uh, fear of lip gloss. Oh, um, oh a fear I like of that. shiny things. Ooh, okay, a okay. Fear. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, no. So if you break down the word, phobia means a fear of. We all know that, I think. And mm. then the root word of uh, this specific word, glossophobia, is glosso. And I think I'm assuming from deduction because glossary, all- <laughs> like words. <laughs> yes, fear of words. That's actually what I have. <laughs> really? I'm not even reading her notes, people. I'm, I'm being yeah. So in I just stole anatomy, her thunder. <laughs> if, if you've taken any anatomy or science classes, you probably know that another word for the tongue is. Uh, like rooted in the word gloss, so something something. I should know this, but I don't. Uh, I should Tell know the. More, I dentist. should know. I should know the 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 Latin word for tongue, but I don't. I should. Let me Google it. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. Oh, it's called the lingua. I knew that. What? I was like, wait, what is this word for tongue? I feel like I've heard this before. It's glosso, like so glosso. Oh, actually, it is just glosso. Um. So never mind. Glosso in Latin means tongue, word, or speech. Hmm. So a fear of the tongue, word, or speech. But in this case, we can just summarize it by saying it's a fear of public speaking. Yes. That's our topic for today. I was just thinking the word glossary. And yeah. then and then lip words. gloss. You're very creative. I love you. Oh, thank you. I love that you're so fun and creative. Because well, I'm I mean, so glossary, serious all the time. Glossary makes sense. Like, that's words. It's a glossary. Oh, that makes sense, too. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm cool. smart. You're I know very stuff. Smart. <laughs> you know, you're amazing. So it is a so glossophobia is a fear of public speaking, and it's actually a really really common fear. And uh, you know, scientifically, people think or data shows that uh, it can actually be it can actually affect up to seventy five percent of the human population. I personally, I mean, so I'm an adult now, right? By most people's standards, I am a grown up and I'm not really fearful of public speaking anymore, but that's a pretty new development for me. And honestly, that's why I'm really part of my excitement about doing this is I haven't, I haven't studied any of these techniques and tips and sort of hacks or methods to get your confidence that Miley's gonna dive into for us like she is really a public speaker I sit in front of this little microphone and chat with people once a week I've had to talk in front of meeting rooms you know like maybe 10 maybe 30 but really short stuff and I rarely have to get up in front of like people and speak but I remember as a kid even doing drama class in junior high and high school or any of those English classes terrified 
terrified to say any words in front of any people. But I think so much, I'm sure you're going to tell me this. Like, I think so much of it just relates to confidence Mm -hmm. and like knowing you can do it. Yeah. And I just don't think there's a lot of us like me who was, I was not born with that thing that was like, yeah, you can get up there and do whatever you want in front of those people. It's going to be fine. So my, my rebuttal to that is, is there anyone who is actually born to not be fearful of public speaking? Right. I, I think so. I think there are a lot of people yeah. who are really comfortable being the center of attention. And the center of attention is different than actually going in front of a group of people and actually delivering a speech. Yeah. I, I guess uh, to me, they blend a little bit. I think they do. I, I still don't really love being the center of attention a lot of the time, but I do like it sometimes. <laughs> but then, I mean, oh my God, having to, even sitting in class and having to read my paragraph from the textbook, like in junior high or high school, when they would, we would start reading a chapter yeah. and like each person would read a paragraph, even having to read that, it was like, thank God no one's like turning in their chairs and mm-hmm. all having to look at me. Like I could read all, out loud all day long, but if I have to get up and deliver something from memorization or like talk to people and they're all fucking staring at you, Hell yeah. no. But, okay, so a lot of the research and the data talks about, or the psychology talks about, why are people so scared of public speaking? Are you asking me why I was? Oh, do, do you know? Well, you already alluded to a little bit of it about how, you know, people staring at you, people yeah, potentially just, judging you if you yeah, mess it was, up. It was definitely probably a little something to do with like a, a type A thing. It was also something I just wasn't familiar or comfortable mm-hmm. with because yeah. I hadn't done it. And just, oh man, just terrified. Just a shy kid. But I want a spelling bee. Yeah, I, I know. Didn't, I didn't have a problem standing. I didn't have a problem standing up there and spelling a word, but like, don't ask me to give a speech. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but a lot of it goes back to preparation, right? And so that's why I say, like, I could argue that I don't know if anyone is naturally born to public speak, but it takes a lot of practice over time to build your confidence, to build that comfortability with your body, with the knowledge that you are delivering, with uh, just the experience in front mm. of people yeah and also there's a a technique to public speaking to engage your audience Mm -hmm. and those things are highly coveted talents and skills that I think do a lot of people really good whether you're like me had to talk to a meeting room full of six or eight people but often above you so to speak in the hierarchy of things and talk to them without fumbling over your words and being scared to death that they're going to laugh at you or right laugh embar- or tell being embarrassed you, yeah mm-hmm. or tell you why you're wrong or i don't know i think a lot being of that's rejected just, or wrong so yeah yeah you've you've kind of touched on a lot of the reasons why a lot of the many reasons why people are so afraid of public speaking because they might be embarrassed they might be rejected they might get judged and so um that's one of the reasons why people are so scared mm-hmm. and the research shows that actually a lot of people are more scared of public speaking than death. I'm sure you've heard of that statistic. Yeah. Why would you be scared of death? Uh, that's silly. <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> exactly. Now, And trust me, when you die, you don't feel it. Yeah. You just die. You just die. <laughs> Everyone else yeah. left behind feels it. Uh, that, and- was, that was morbid. 
<laughs> a little bit. I kind of tried to ignore it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going down this morbid road with you, Mandy. I get a lot of physiological responses. I was just going to ask you if you have experienced oh, any. Okay, I'll wait. I'll be patient. No, no, go ahead. You um, dive right in. Person, like nowadays, it's not so much. But I remember being young and heart racing, sweating. Sometimes I could still probably get sweaty and hot if I'm like actually nervous about something. But like sweating and heart racing and oh I remember getting up there and you had to you remember when you were a kid your speeches had to be a certain time length yeah. I would practice this thing at home again and again do it in front of mom and sister and anybody who would sit still there weren't that many people in my house and <laughs> do it a time and time again so I would know it and then the thing is I would get up in front of the class and I knew it so well and I was so nervous that I would go so fast like, oh, I just want to yeah. get up there, get it done. Well, it's kind of like sometimes when I'm so nervous, I sing the national anthem really, really quickly. <laughs> yes, just like that. I was very, yeah, that has happened to me before where my three minute speech turned into a minute 30. And I'm like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> I went, they were like, you went a little fast. I'm like, I felt that. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. And that's why like some of these physiological responses, like they can really like if you do end up going through with your presentation, you it can affect your speed and just your performance overall. Yeah. Right. But it can also keep you from like it, it can it can keep you from doing it and or yeah. like just leading you down to the road of just quitting and not even starting. The oh, yeah, definitely a fear could def could, I, I was just going to say I could probably see myself calling in sick or dead or something instead yeah. of having to do this. And many people are so fearful that they actually have like panic attacks, too. Mm. And so part of the techniques or the recommendations when you are someone who has decided that they want to improve on their public speaking really is identifying where are you on that spectrum mm -hmm. of your public speaking abilities? Because depending on where you are, you might have a little extra work or a little bit more work than other people. And I also want to say that it probably goes back to just how comfortable and how much experience you have. Mm -hmm. For someone like me, I have been performing like musically and in theater since I was in fifth or sixth grade. And little by little, it might have been just me singing a phrase of one whole song during choir class or music class in the fifth grade. And then it extended into like a full three minute solo in the seventh grade. And then in high school, it was solos in choir and then theater and on stage stuff. So little by little over the period of like the last 30 years of my life, I've gotten to where I am, but it doesn't happen overnight. And maybe someone who's never had that kind of experience, but now either they want to or their job requires them to, they might have a lot more work to do. But it the first step is really making that decision that you want to improve your public speaking. And on top of that, even this if is, you've been... goes back to how to be good at anything. Yeah. And even if you are already doing what you're doing, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. I mean, I still get all I was just, of those physiological responses. Like this I get was gonna super be my nervous. question. Yeah. Like Miley, did you recall being nervous as a kid, singing in little plays and being in theater? Always. And I still get nervous. People ask me like, hey, do you still get nervous? I'm like, yeah, I've lost count. I know times. you get nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. After, after, uh, I don't even know how many times I've sang the national anthem. I still get super nervous. And uh, last week when I was speaking, at, I did an eight hour presentation at a what? dental meeting. Yeah. Eight hours. Wait, I lost my voice afterwards. Stand up. Yep. For eight hours. Stand, I stood up 
in front of a room of about 40 people and I lectured for eight hours. Is this like 90 minutes, take a 15 minute break? Uh, usually it's about um, two hours, take a 15 minute break, two hours, take a lunch, lunch break, two hours, take a 15 minute break, two hours, finish the day off. Kill me now. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like sometimes your job may require that you do certain things, right? Yeah. And how do you, that's like endurance in my mind. Like yeah. how do you So do you're, you're going to take us from nervous. one line in a play to eight hour public speaking gigs we'll see i don't know we'll see how this episode how much did they pay you for eight hours <laughs> Ooh. so it depends it how pretty? good you are oh good <laughs> i hope it was good in the beginning it's not so good were you happy with the payment i was very happy yeah it was a big goal of mine that i achieved and good. so i'm hoping to get more more gigs like that yeah but it really does like that's what i mean like this is the biggest gig i've really ever had yeah and that's why like but it's my very first time doing a gig like this. Well, there's so, always a first time, right? Exactly. Gotta and start there was a lot of notes that I took afterwards on how I could be better. And I even asked people afterwards what could have made like what could have what could have I done differently to make it better? And that's why like one of the things that you always want to do is ask for feedback mm -hmm. afterwards, like chit chat with the people that were in that presentation with you and listening and see what their thoughts were. Yep. And so that's definitely like always, always looking for feedback and how you can improve for the next time around. How to get good at anything, people. Exactly. Go back to that yeah. episode. And so. But um, now we're honing in on public speaking. Yeah. Specifically. Mostly Miley. Speaking. Miley's going to tell us no. how to get better at public speaking. Uh, but even podcasting yeah. like this is really important because just getting into the practice of talking, yeah. sharing your thoughts, sharing your opinions uh, on cue too, right? Because this is. I mean, we do edit out some of this, but for the most part, I it's try to live. keep it as, yeah. you know, live as possible. And, uh, but also the other thing about it is, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but one of the best things about us listening back on these podcasts, since we are talking about it is we learn a lot about the speed that we talk at mm -hmm. the inflections enunciation and also, for me enunciation and also when we say ums and uhs and for sure we've stopped a lot I of know. those i've i've noticed that i've slowed down on the word like mm -hmm. because of this podcast right. i would listen to those early episodes and oh Gosh, well, it was like it was a visceral. <laughs> it was a visceral reaction inside of me every time I heard myself say the word "like" three times in two sentences. I'm all, oh my gosh, Mandy! I almost wonder. I was thinking about this the other day. I almost wonder if I need to be sharing the raw. <laughs> I files just think with I'm better. <laughs> So that because I learn a lot from myself because I'm editing the raw files, but yeah. I give you a polished copy or a nope, second I just, to see, see, I just think that I'm copy. I'm polished straight <laughs> out of the can. But that's that's one way of getting feedback. Yeah. So one of the things that you you know, you want to do when you are preparing for a presentation is record yourself, video record yourself and audio record yourself and listen back because it does help you. I notice and I'm still working on how fast I talk because when I get excited, mm. I get loud and I get fast. Yes. So. We have talked about your outdoor voice. <laughs> yes. Um, I also get really fast sometimes when I get excited, but that mostly happens if I've had caffeine. Ah. Caffeine also makes me a little hot, a little sweaty. Mm. So I guess if, if, if somewhere in this podcast there's uh, things to avoid when public speaking, my suggestions would be avoid caffeine and avoid alcohol because one's going to hype me up way too far. And if other people are sensitive to caffeine like I am, 
they're going to probably be similar. And alcohol, I would also avoid uh, because you don't, there's like a weird fine line with alcohol where it can slow you down a little too much and then you're too easily off track. Yeah. Totally. I love that you provided those uh, those uh, tips. <laughs> Definitely. Be yeah. mindful of your diet. And, and, you know, and we can slide right on in into just like Ooh. preparing your body Ooh. for the presentation. Slide in, Miley. Slide in. <laughs> yeah. So taking care of yourself just in general. Right. But leading up to any kind of important meeting, important presentation, anything important, right? You always want to be taking care of yourself, making sure that you are properly hydrated. Make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you look your best, right? When you when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you have better confidence in mm -hmm. yourself and you can deliver. And if you can't, the old saying is fake it till you make it. So if yeah. you look the part, even if you're not performing the part, you could probably fake it. I'm a big advocate of dress for the job you want. Yes, I love and it. Also on this whole dress thing and comfort and feel good, uh, shoes. Yes and no on that. Miley's awesome at wearing heels mm -hmm. and not bitching about it. But Mandy, <laughs> me, oh my God, an hour into standing, if it's anything more than like two inches, I'm going to be crying. So I will also say that I work really hard at being good at not complaining. <laughs> like so I had a lot of training in heels That's so that true. I don't complain like all Miley's my pageants, pageant days <laughs> all my modeling all my fashion shows I have a lot of experience of not complaining so do they hurt you just don't say anything so they hurt up to a point and then you're just numb <laughs> oh, see I think it's the bunion situation for ah, me yeah. that makes it extra brutal because that might be what it is not only does it hurt after an hour but then it's like for anywhere from 24 to 48 hours afterwards, mm. every step I take will be painful. So that I would say that perhaps you just need the right shoes because I've had many shoes where they're one or two inches and they don't hurt because they're made comfortably or you have yeah. the right insert. Some shoes I can get away yeah. with more, but it's really just the, the angle yeah. of being on that bone for a long time that I've and 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 like you know pandemic we didn't wear heels for so long yeah. and now it's like my foot's real out of practice with that kind of thing and I'm like I'll put them on as long as we're not walking more than like three blocks yeah or standing like I'm not gonna go to the club and stand in heels all night anymore okay we are no digressing no we're not we're good because <laughs> that's the thing too right like I'm training my body for me because I know I do oh, a lot yeah. of presentations and because I I feel good and I feel like I look my best when I do wear heels. You have because, those Louboutins too. And if I was you, uh, I'd wear them every single time. I would, but the Louboutins are actually not that comfortable. Sorry, oh, Louie. But they're pretty. They're very pretty. And I rarely wear them. I only wear them for special occasions. But, and for special occasions that are worth being in pain for. Maybe you should just wear them to podcast when we sit on the couch. Maybe I should. <laughs> You're right. Wouldn't that be funny? I <laughs> I'm so bringing them next week. <laughs> It'd be awesome if you had your Louboutins just for random things to sit around. Like you're sitting around the house in your Louboutins. That is so funny. Yes, uh, I should. I'm going to make a mental note. I should wear those Louboutins everywhere. Like every time we podcast. Yeah, or just but doing the dishes for 20 minutes and then be done with them. <laughs> yes. Uh, but that's the thing, right? You have to make sure you pick the right pair of shoes too. Yeah. And the thing is, I know that like I'm not a big fan of doing the whole like female and male kind of thing. But when you read up on like etiquette and just business professional attire and things like that, oftentimes I feel like I just 
I command, I personally command more of a stage when I'm taller. So I mm. like to wear heels. Well, you're a little person. I am a little person. So yeah. Yeah. But that's why like I've trained my feet and I've yeah. trained my body to withstand being on my feet in heels for hours at a time. I could be in heels and be taller than the men yeah, on the, see, you're on already, the, yeah. on mm-hmm. the dais or right podium, whatever yeah, exactly. with me. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Uh, but in, in that same essence, dress comfortably, but right. also dress for the part. I know it sucks to say that people care about the way you look, but people's perception of you is affected by the way you look, especially Absolutely. when you're doing a presentation. And so you want to be able to influence your audience as best as possible. And if you're up there not looking very presentable, they're not going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. So dress the part so that people take you seriously, but also dress so you feel your best that way you do your best and you feel confident. You want to feel authentic, I think, also mm-hmm. in how you're showing up physically. So if you're not used to wearing power suits, like as a woman standing up there giving speeches or whatever, don't wear something that's a little more business cash if that's you. If you're about a blouse and trousers, then wear that. If you're not, then don't. But I would say trust the part and be authentic. Yeah, I love that. Um, before we start into like the, the, the in-depth things about public speaking, I do want to say one like prerequisite Mm. or assumption that we are going into this conversation about, and we can dive deeper into it, but really it goes down to the number one thing about any presentation you give, you should always know your material. I mean, we can spend a lot of time talking about how to know your material, but really you are being asked to do a presentation on a topic that you should probably be an expert at and or know enough information that is of interest to the audience that you're going to be speaking to. Mm -hmm. So always make sure that out of everything that we talk about today, it is all based on you needing to know your material, because if you don't know your material, everything else is not valuable to you (laughs) like any presentation you give you should always know the material or the topic that you're presenting on period now um just a couple side things or just a couple generic or general things about public speaking you do want to practice um consistently or find opportunities where you are able to practice some of your public speaking in front of people or alone or both. Okay. And in small and big groups, if you are willing, like based on your comfort level, right? So a couple things is I'm always, whenever anybody's speaking, I'm always taking note and observing people when they're speaking so that I can see if there's anything they're doing that I might want to emulate. So if Miley's ever looking at you like she's trying to figure out what you're doing, it's because she is. <laughs> I'm evaluating you. <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's anything that you're doing that's really cool so that I can emulate you. Yes. She's, deter- she's deciding how everything you're doing is making her feel <laughs> and deciding if she wants to steal any of it. Well, but that's it, right? Yeah. If this, if, if I'm listening to a speaker and they're doing something really great that makes me feel something, right? Yeah. It inspires me or makes me not feel so good. I'm going to make note of it so that I either don't do it or I do it, right. right? So I'm always observing people. Second thing is I try to utilize available resources for like research. So you have, you or all of us have 
so much information at our fingertips. YouTube has great videos on how to improve your public speaking. Um, there, ma- there's a masterclass on how to improve your public speaking. Oh, by the masterclass by people? By the masterclass people. Okay. Did and you then, do that one when we had the membership? It wasn't available when we had the membership. How rude. It is new. I know. Ugh. I'm really upset about what it. What a do-over. Exactly. Me too. God. Uh, and then the other thing that I've done in the past, but I don't do it now, is uh, I was part of Toastmasters. Oh. And I don't, I mean, I think we've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Do you know much about Toastmasters, Mandy? Uh, no. Not enough to even give a very clear definition. I think it's like a group of people where people go, it's networking, but it's also a lot of people just speaking in front of others like for practice. Yeah, Exactly. So you okay. nailed it. There you go. And, and what but I'm like, I don't get it. Is it just, it's, it's kind of like an open mic night for speeches. Kind of. Okay. Some nights are open mic and some nights you actually prepare speeches. And then oh. there's like contests too. Or like you go, you, you get to vote and okay. you can get awards as well. Oh. And so, and there's Toastmasters in person for local groups that want to meet in person. Then there's online Toastmasters classes as well. Depending on what meetings you go to, you don't have to go to all of them, but it's a membership kind of organization too. So you become a member of Toastmasters. Okay. And the somebody's always planning stuff, right? So if it's an quote open mic night, what happens is there's usually someone who's kind of emceeing or coordinating that, that meeting. When it's your turn to go on the microphone or go on stage, what happens is you'll get a topic or a variety of topics. Let's say option one, topic one, topic two, topic three. And then you get to pick from those three topics. And then usually there's a time limit. So they'll say, oh, Mandy, uh, you have two minutes to talk on one of the three following topics. One mm-hmm. is plants. Two is baking. Three mm-hmm. is hiking. You can pick any three of those topics and just talk for two minutes about it. And what happens during that is you have to develop your skills for just thinking on the spot. And then uh, there's usually a person who's timing you so you can be mindful of your time. And then depending on how fancy you want to get with it, there's usually another person who has like a red light. They'll turn on anytime you say the words um or uh. Ah. So it helps you have a visual reminder. Nice. And what happens is part of uh, Toastmasters is there's material that you can study ahead of time to help you plan a framework for when you're doing impromptu speeches. Yeah, so, I was just wondering this. I was like, also, it, it's if it's impromptu like this, you also have to be kind of good about where to start and where mm-hmm. the middle and where the end yeah. of your speeches. Because for two minutes, you could just be like, so plants. This one time I saw a palm tree. <laughs> and, and so what happens is. During the whole process and how much you dive into Toastmasters, they give you a lot of techniques on how to frame or organize your thought for a presentation, whether it's impromptu or planned. Cool. So if it's something that you're really interested in, you really want to be proactive or active about improving your public speaking skills, uh, reaching out to some of those resources, whether it's online and or organizations or groups that focus on public speaking is a great way. But that's those are the open mic nights. And then there are planned nights where you come with a speech prepared. And when it's your turn, you go up and you do your presentation. And then people from the audience will actually vote on who provided the best speech. And then you get awards and trophies. And, and stuff. all these speeches around random topics. You know, it just depends. Maybe okay. there's themes. Okay. Every organization or every meeting or every group is is different. And so they just have, search for yeah, Toastmasters in, in your, your area. Local area. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's really neat. So that's something that if you want I won't, to. I won't be doing that. <laughs> but here's the other thing, too. There's other things that you could do uh, to help 
practice. I will too. say that I can see this being very valuable if you're a small business owner or a wannabe small, small business owner. You need to learn your pitch. And if you ever pitching your business to investors, you need to really learn how to pitch your business. You need to learn how to sell yourself, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you will need to sit in front of people with money. So practicing how to speak in high pressure situations, perhaps, is a good thing to do, even in front of small groups. Oh, yeah. Um, and Toastmasters could really help you. Definitely a lot of these tips could really help you, but... Again, all the the practice, the knowing your stuff and being ready to answer questions that are going to come from different things. And like business coaches could definitely guide you on how to pitch. But the public speaking portion, uh, definitely valuable. Yeah. The other thing is you can also look for smaller opportunities to practice speaking. So uh, if you work in a company, you might want to consider volunteering to do uh, a presentation during the lunch hour to do mm. in-surface training for a group of five coworkers. And so then you can practice small. I remember when I first started working at the university, I would volunteer to do some brown bag lunches and I would spend uh, my lunch hour with, I don't know, anywhere from five to 10 people talking about Google Excel. Calendar <laughs> and Google Sheets and Microsoft Excel and things yeah. like that because I realized that there were people at the university that didn't really know how to use some of these apps and mm -hmm. I really wanted to like I loved using these apps so one of my favorite quotes is to make a difference find a need and fill it and oh. so I found what was necessary and then I realized that I had something to contribute and then I looked for an opportunity to fill this need but also practice on my speaking skills too and little things like, mm -hmm. not little things, but things like uh, us doing a podcast helps yeah. with public speaking. You said that early on in our podcasting, you indicated that a, a big motivator for you to jump into doing podcasting with me was to practice public speaking. And I was like, that's weird. I didn't even think of it as public speaking. I just wanted to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. Even though the whole wide world could hear anything we put out here. I just don't think of it as public speaking because I'm not staring at a group of people. It, it po Podcasts are so interesting in that there's this false sense of intimacy. It's like no one's hearing this conversation and we're having it right now. And it's so raw and it's so real, you know, and you can get really into things. And then like then we just put it out there for the whole world to, yeah, <laughs> to discover. But even then, think about yeah. what we've learned so far about using a microphone. Yeah. Think about enunciation. Oh, think yeah. about volume and sound, right? Yeah, so you're right. The, all these things that we've learned or experienced indirectly. Miley, somewhat. my favorite phrase ever. Here you go. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, why, that's an, uh, a couple other things too, right? If you... If you want to get better at public speaking, you want to also get comfortable with equipment such as sound equipment mm. like microphones as well. So that's something to keep in mind. And uh, I, I did not mention this, but sometimes I watch a lot of TED Talks, not just for the information, but I listen to how people on TED Talks structure mm -hmm. their their speeches and I also watch them on YouTube to kind of see what their body mannerisms are like. The other great thing I like about TED Talks is oftentimes TED Talks are telling a story. Oh, yeah. And I think the best way to public speak or to present is to tell a story to your audience. People respond really well to stories and research shows that people remember stories rather than facts. And so whenever you are teaching or trying to present concepts, 
for every concept you're trying to teach, try to find an example or a story with that or to like to exemplify the concept you're trying to teach because that's how you can influence and engage your audience. Mm-hmm. Another thing about stories is one of the other techniques is start your whole presentation off with a story because it will capture the audience's attention. This one time at Bandcamp, <laughs> something like that. Yes, exactly. I start all of my presentations like that because <laughs> it captures people's attention. Because who doesn't know that line? Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about when you are practicing. So we've talked about just mm-hmm. how to improve your public speaking, but in one of our previous episodes, we had talked about a phrase and I was trying to remember the phrase and I was like, it's like when you're fighting in battle. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we said a phrase at one of our. What, and what was that phrase, Mandy? Train like you fight. Yes. And so when I talk about this phrase, I really mean that as you're when you practice or as you're practicing, you want to train or practice like If you're going to have a microphone in front of you, in front of the audience or the group that you're speaking to, practice with a microphone in front of you so that you don't get thrown off by having Mm -hmm. maybe a big old microphone or, you know, practice moving around with it. If you're going to move with it. If you're going to be standing during your presentation, you should be standing when you're practicing. Yes. If you're going to be standing during a presentation, yeah, wear the heels, <laughs> wear the wear the clothes. Uh, but if you're going to be practicing in front of family members or I friends would even or coworkers, having your family and friends audience throw things at you while you're practicing, <laughs> just in case. Yes. I mean, that's a good way to teach yourself not to be distracted. I feel like I actually did see something, oh, some technique like this, like let practice while there's um, things coming at you a little bit to sort of uh, desensitize you from becoming distracted. No, I love that. It's great. Um, I used to teach voice lessons to our good friend Demi and Kyle. Oh, yes. I have to pick it back up again. I miss doing voice lessons. But when we, you know, when we were transitioning from them just singing to me privately in my casita to us preparing them to sing in public at open mic night, we actually did it in front of a couple close friends. And it was just great to have that like live experience. And so look for mm. opportunities and ask your, your friends or your family to like kind of distract, get up and, and start walking around because in real life, anything could happen. Yeah, I like that. I also want to reiterate, maybe even considering like random strangers, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago when I was prepping for my national anthem, I just oh, poked yeah. my head out the door and grabbed a couple strangers. This is and so asked wild. Them if they were willing to listen to me <laughs> sing just to get the nerves out of the way. Right. I wish I could have seen that. I wish I couldn't ask those people what that was like afterwards. <laughs> like, I well, wish I could be standing outside the door and I go. So tell me, how did that feel? <laughs> what just what just happened to you? The thing is, most people, they're they're willing to help you. Right. Like, yeah. and this is just a general statement. But I, but I think humans were like, oh. This other human's talking to me. I know. What could it want? And especially in this day and age during COVID, they're like, why is this person talking to me? Oh, a human talking to me in real life. What could they want? Exactly. Uh, But most people, I think it's human nature. Like when people ask you for help, you're always like, how how can I help you? Right. So I'm like, can you please help me? And that's the other thing, too. As a presenter, performer, anything, know that nerves are always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And it is never there is never such thing. And this is my experience. There is never such thing as no nerves whatsoever, like that. You're never nervous unless you don't care, mm. I think. And so whenever I get really nervous, I just remind myself that I'm nervous because I care so much and I'm channeling this channeling this energy. And it is 
excitement and enthusiasm, not necessarily like nerves. So I try to reframe what I'm thinking about all of the jitters in my body. Do you ever tell yourself, you know the words to this song? You got this. I do. It's part of my self-talk. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, you know, I don't always believe it, but I still, t- <laughs> I still tell myself. But yes, slowly but surely, as every performance passes, I do get more and more confident, right? And mm-hmm. so that's the same thing with public speaking. As you do more, you become more confident. You become more comfortable uh, with, with everything. So again, how to get good at anything takes yep. consistency, takes 10, practice. 10,000 hours. And what, on the same topic of like practice doesn't always make perfect. And, and that's okay, right? Practice doesn't make perfect but it will make you better and more comfortable. I was going to say hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. I like your phrase a lot more. I think I it's like a Gary it. V phrase. Probably. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, you could be the most talented person in the world, but if you haven't practiced, mm-hmm. then you could very easily get tripped up. And I think the person who's practiced and polished their performance or speech is, you know, it's going to show in the end. Yeah. And, and part of that is the more comfortable you are with your presentation and the knowledge of the material that you are speaking on, the less nervous you will be because you will know that if anyone has any questions along the way or if there are any distractions, you can totally handle it. Yeah. Because you're not preoccupied with not knowing the material or you're not preoccupied with your nerves you can control your nerves a lot better when you know your material and you're confident with the material than when you're not that confident yeah being able to self-regulate is pretty important yeah exactly and that's you know so this takes us into like okay well let's talk about just your presentation of your speech your public Mm -hmm. speech in general right and so one of the things about being able to be a confident and uh, proficient public speaker is being able to read your audience. You can't read your audience if you're preoccupied with your nerves or preoccupied with your material because it requires a whole set of your brain, right? Brain power. Oh, yeah. And so when you are comfortable with your body, comfortable with uh, your material, then you can read the audience and then that allows you to be more flexible and adaptable during your presentation. My presentation a couple weeks ago for the the eight hour presentation, I had probably a good 10 hours of material that I could have gone over. But my audience members, (laughs) they were so engaged with a lot of my material that I really only went through about five hours of material because people kept wanting to stop and ask questions and have a conversation about a specific concept. So now you can offer this organization part two. Yes. And do your other five hours. I did. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what it is, right? Like, um, I I was going to offer myself up as your business manager and take 10% of that shit. But please, because I do need someone. (laughs) I do need a. Sounds like Sherry thought of the idea Uh that I was going to. No, no, but I still need help with a lot of other (laughs) stuff, too. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Like you should be comfortable with your material so that if an audience member asks a question, that's actually a good thing. I remember when yeah. I first started presenting, I was deathly afraid that someone would ask me a question and I wouldn't know the answer. But the key to being a public speaker is knowing that, you know what? You might be an expert, but it doesn't mean you know the answers to everything. So right. it's okay if you don't know the answer. And then oftentimes when I don't know something, I ask, does anybody else in this room know the answer to this? Oh, and that's it funny. And it allows 
more people to be engaged in the conversation. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with going, you know, that's a great question. I'm not sure on that specific da 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 da. Um, I know that da 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 da. And you can kind of circle back around to the things that you do know. And then I do like the whole throw it back out to the other experts in the audience and see if anybody else has some specific yeah. info on that. And there's all, and people love to be asked for advice right yeah. or information so yeah. oftentimes i'll either throw it back and just say does anybody else know the answer to this or i'll say hey can someone look up the answer while i continue on with the presentation and let me know what you guys find out yeah and so it's, it's really, great in the groups that you speak in yeah. front of that's a pretty yeah yeah good so one. um know your audience know how to read your audience uh, know what kind of level of knowledge that they have in relation to the material that you are presenting right so yeah. if your audience already has a set vocabulary or terminology you want to be using that right. or if they don't know anything about the topic you want to make sure that you tailor your presentation as basic as possible and so i've been in, i've been in situations where i was too basic for my audience mm -hmm. and in situations where i was too over their heads because i didn't gauge the audience well enough so it's really important that you do a little bit of research beforehand to know your audience but also while you are presenting gauge and read your audience because oftentimes I will have a lot of basic information in my presentation but I'm prepared that if people already know this I just scroll right through that information and I skip ahead to other areas of my presentation mm -hmm. but that also requires you being familiar with your material and being able to be comfortable skipping parts of your presentation yeah and that's why purely there's nothing worse than being somewhere where you're yeah. like I paid to be here and I already know all, all of this, of this. yep but that's the other reason why, like, as a as you practice, like, you also don't want to be fully, purely memorizing everything about your presentation because right. you might have to skip ahead. Yeah. And so uh, when it comes to your presentations, you want to you want to organize your presentation in a very uh, sensible format. I usually format it in like basic to really like high expertise levels that way if i do need to forward or skip i can mm -hmm. but also when i put the information on my slides i'm very mindful of how busy the slides look and i try to keep them to like phrases and bullet points instead of sentences because yeah. then the bullet points help me naturally talk about a subject as opposed to reading off the slide or sounding like i memorized a whole paragraph i hate <laughs> presentations where it is literally the person reading a slideshow to you the best so I remember reading some articles on slides and how to build more effective slides and it was like have one number on a slide if you need to put three words there do it yeah be very minimal but enough information so <laughs> because that yeah. otherwise people are staring at the slides and reading them and they're falling asleep mm -hmm. and like am I reading a book or am I at a presentation like yeah put like the minimal stuff up on the slide and then so that you as a presenter is presenting and giving them the content yeah. and this wasn't on my list but just because we're talking about presentation there's a lot of information that you can uh, a lot of information and tips out there about how to format your presentation mm -hmm. but one of the tips that I usually will talk to uh, to uh, whenever I talk to people about presentation is research shows that the adult person's attention span is anywhere from 
Well, can I guess? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Seven to 13 seconds. Oh, <laughs> well, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but when it comes to like presentations, the research right now says anywhere from three to eight minutes. Oh, yeah. I was going to say for a whole presentation, yeah. I was going to I was actually going to say three to seven minutes. Oh, OK. It's somewhere in that time frame that if it doesn't get good yeah. um, out. Exactly. So what happens is the recommendation is every three to eight minutes, you should actually kind of have a natural spot or stopping point. So you're asking the, the audience a question. So it stimulates some interest it's going to it's going to shift where their brain their brain mm -hmm. is on this trajectory of listening and it's like yep. you know you're going in this one path and then you want something to interrupt it and cause them to shift a little bit and yeah yeah so every three to eight minutes i'll either ask the audience a question or i will insert a video like a 10 second or a 30 second video so that it captures their their ears and their eyeballs because mm -hmm. like now they have to look up at the screen or whoa what just happened she stopped talking right do you ever put pictures of you hiking in your presentations so i used to actually oh. i used to put some uh some pictures every like three to eight minutes i would do something like just to kind of break up the the mental like look but, at something different yeah look at something different but i kind of stopped doing that because i wanted to either use that time to to refer back to a concept that i was currently talking about mm, okay. instead of stopping what we we're and then like talking about something completely different and then trying to get their attention back on topic you could just keep talking about whatever you're talking about but put a picture of you <laughs> on a mountain yeah maybe i should i don't know i haven't done that but <laughs> i'll consider it uh but They're like why is this picture of her in a mountain on these slides? That would just confuse everybody so much. It would. But it was like it ironic and funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, like does she I know like that this is on the screen right now? <laughs> yeah. The other tip that I have in terms of like framing or organizing your presentation would be like, especially at a very basic level. I always kind of uh, when I put together my presentation, I always start with like a skeleton or a framework of my, my like my goals or my objectives. Right. So you always want to make sure that you already know like two or three objectives of when somebody is done with your presentation, they have gained these two or three different Main what are points. the takeaways you want yeah. people to walk away with? Yeah. yeah. So depending on the time that you have, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour or eight hours, you <laughs> want to have an idea of how you're going to plan out that time. Mm -hmm. And if you're just starting out, I would recommend that you start off with what we used to be taught. I think we used to all be taught this in elementary school when we're writing uh, an essay is like the five parts of an essay is mm -hmm. an intro paragraph, three body paragraphs and a conclusion paragraph. Yeah. So that was pretty basic stuff. Intro yeah. and conclusion yeah. and then fill it with your stuff. Yeah. So when you're thinking about a, you know, a topic, let's say, for example, you're going to do a 30 minute presentation on cactus. I would introduce like what a cactus is and what family it's in. And then I would talk about three different types of cacti. And then I would end it with, OK, this is why, like, we love cactus or, you know, conclude with why these three are so awesome but that's a great way to start if you are just really new to public speaking and putting together presentations so that yeah. things are a little bit more organized now awesome. as you have more time to talk things are going to get more complex but that's a good starting point to help and oftentimes yes. i like let's say for example when i do present for eight hours i actually break it down into like two hour presentations and each two hours i break it down into its the, own the little introduction outline the five topics and then a conclusion that's a good that's a good strategy yeah i like it it helps me yes. for sure mm -hmm. uh and then 
The other thing about when you're presenting is verbal versus nonverbal communication. Hmm. Not standing with your arms crossed. Mm -hmm. Maybe not hiding behind a podium the whole time. Yeah. Eye contact with the audience. Mm -hmm. So don't stare down at a podium the whole time. Don't stare at your slideshow behind you. They don't want to look at the back of your head. Yeah. That's the downside. Whenever you are going to be presenting at a place that you're unfamiliar with, Go ahead of time and check out the area and see if they have other monitors around the room. The place that I was at a couple of weeks ago actually had like a TV screen in the back of the room, multiple, so that I could always just stare ahead and look at what was on my slide instead of having to look back mm-hmm. or be like stuck at the podium by my laptop. So I could always right. see what was on the screen instead of having to like look. So that was really nice. But if you don't, then you want to be mindful of how to stare back at the screen or, you know, yeah. like. I was in a room when I was up in Utah and they mm. only had two screens and it was at the front of the room. And I walked, so I constantly looked around the room a lot or I constantly walked around the room a lot so that every time I needed to uh, refer back to my slide, I was actually walking back towards the front of the room so I could sneak a peek at my slide and be walking <laughs> back to the front of the room. How sneaky. <laughs> yes, I tried to be sneaky. But yeah, so uh, just being mindful of not staring at your screen. Yeah. Um, and if you're really nervous to make eye contact with people, look slightly above everyone's head or look to the back of the room and it'll look as though you're looking at people or other people Mm -hmm. right so be mindful of just your your body language and and even at that like try not to be sluggish people can tell if you're not really engaged or you're not wanting to be there your voice needs to be excited Mm -hmm. you need to be excited about the content yes and try different speeds different inflections yeah uh pause every now and then just to kind of get like get people's attention because maybe they mm, fell smart. asleep. Yeah. Um, and if you do, <laughs> then there are also people that are going to be engaged with your presentation. Yeah. Lock onto those people. Keep making eye contact with those people and maybe even ask them questions so that you are engaging them. And those people who are not paying attention or who are on their phone, just ignore them. Um, I had a great person that kept asking me questions and she, because she asked questions, other people started asking questions and I just loved it. After the presentation, I actually went up to her and thanked her for being so engaged with the conversation. Nice. Yeah. So I'm that person who likes to look at the presenter and if the presenter keeps looking at me, I'm like, are we making too much eye contact? I hope <laughs> they don't ask me anything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, that's the other thing, too. Whenever I'm in, in smaller groups, I like to start off my presentation uh, getting the names of everyone because I just feel like I it, it gives me an opportunity to connect with people. And then they feel hopefully they feel a little bit more comfortable asking me questions when they do. And I also start off all my presentation saying, hey, I want to create a safe, comfortable environment for everyone. Yeah. If you have a question, please feel free to stop me at any time. If you're not that kind of speaker, though, you can always just say that I have a lot to go through. Please save your questions to the very end. Yep. I've I've, I've been to both. And again, it goes back to how you were saying, be authentic. Do Mm -hmm. what works for you. Don't feel like you have to bend yourself or adjust yourself to uh, like some kind of perfect image that you have in your mind. You are great the way you are. There is no such thing as perfection. And the best kind of presentation you will have is one where you are most comfortable. So mm-hmm. set up the room and set up the presentation in a manner that you will be successful in and be most comfortable in. Excellent. I love these tips. I know. I like them too. I really, I really like that we're talking about this. It's a really great approach. I knew you would knock this out of the park. Oh, 
Yeah, let's kind of uh, close out with just specific things that uh, you might want to be mindful of the, of the like of the day of. We already talked a little bit about like diet and what to avoid uh, so that it doesn't negatively affect your presentation. But I will also say that it's okay to breathe during your presentation. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to have quiet moments. That's actually a technique that I learned in Toastmasters. It's better to just not say anything than to say ums and ahs or us. Oh, yeah. Give yourself a break to think yeah. of your next sentence. Sure. And it also is important for people to have a moment to process everything that you just said as well. I like it. Yeah. So don't be afraid to have some silence. We don't put a lot of silence in this show, no. but that's because people <laughs> would think their device is stopped working. Yeah. The other thing about that is but you can rewind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also have given myself permission over the years is when I ask the audience a question and nobody answers, I'm okay with silence. And I stand there until somebody answers. It's wow. okay to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Wow. Good and, for you. And it forces the audience to be like, what's going on? How come? So do you ever, or you could just like not give them the answer and be like, all right, well, when somebody decides they want to answer, shoot your exactly. little hand up. We're going to move on. Nope. Exactly. I've done that. that a couple times, too. So, no, that's a great idea, a great suggestion. But breathe. It's okay to breathe. You should breathe. And it's okay to have silence. I would breathe once at the beginning and then once when I finished <laughs> as a kid. Oh, that's I That's why I went so fast. Yeah. You said everything <laughs> in one breath. I love it. I love it. Oh, poor little terrified child. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, if you are someone who does get nervous, you want to be mindful of your habits, too. The only way you know your habits is by practicing in front of people and asking them to pay attention to what might you what you might be subconsciously be doing that makes you nervous. And uh, so I've learned that I, I play around with jewelry if I wear it. Oh. So before I do any kind of presentation or performance, I usually will take off any rings, bracelets, my watch so that I don't play with anything. Interesting. But I also do sometimes carry like a paper clip or something in my pocket so that if I do get nervous and I need to fidget a little bit, I'll put my hand naturally <laughs> or comfortably in my pocket as I walk around and I'll fidget with whatever's in my pocket. But it looks like I'm naturally comfortable putting my hand in my pocket. You're my sure jacket. it doesn't look like you're playing pocket pool. I don't know what pocket pool is. OK, then. <laughs> When anybody out there feels like they want to answer the question, just raise your little hand up. Wait, if I get creative, I might know what it is. If I shoot think us really a hard. message, <laughs> shoot us a DM and let Miley know what pocket pool is. Um, we'll talk about it yeah. offline. <laughs> but <laughs> it sounds like you probably shouldn't be playing pocket pool. You so should not be don't, playing don't pocket, play pool. pocket pool. <laughs> I wish everyone could see her face. She's so concerned, like her little brows all furrowed. And she's really concerned. Like, I don't think you should do that. Probably not. Cute. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> uh, yes. Back to public speaking. Yeah, I think, yeah. like you said, body language. Yeah. Uh, breathe to keep your physiological responses calm. Keep yourself from like sweating or turning red or, you know, panting or like gasping in the middle yeah. of your speech. Don't forget to breathe. Breathing is key uh take sips yeah. of water mm -hmm. i imagine keep a water with you if you're gonna be speaking for more than 20 minutes because lord knows i can't talk for like i can't go 20 minutes without drink water and people respond really well to humor so one okay. you always want to have like some humorous stories or humorous like videos or examples to use to reinforce your concepts but if you mess up own it people love it people love yeah. when you mess up because it shows that you're humble that you're down to earth that you're human and it'll also help you just 
relaxed too. So there's been times where I choke because I'm so dry because I, I haven't <laughs> drank water or, you know, whatever. And I just laugh it off. And I'm like, oh, can someone get me some water? Oh, oh my no. God. <laughs> so like, it's okay to mess up or fumble on your words. Or like sometimes when I fumble, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I do that in the microphone too. And it just wakes people up. But it also shows that like, hey, I mess up too. Everybody goes, what in the hell? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Has everyone has anyone ever thrown a bottle of water at the stage? Like here, no, no, actually, but okay. I would laugh. Like if they did, I would like chuck it back at them. Well, it's for you. I know. <laughs> Empty it and then throw it back. Yes. Uh, and then the other thing about uh, speaking is it can be energy draining. So set aside yeah. some time before to kind of focus and and just you know be one with yourself beforehand and kind of control or manage your nerves but also downtime afterwards i find that after i do a presentation or performance i just need to be quiet for a while and i'm just like do nobody talk yeah. to me or chat i'm introverted i'm the same way yeah. i need like a bit of time to center myself yeah. maybe like right before a little hype energy around me to kind of get me up mm-hmm. and then to be Uh, sort of filled with the people's energies around me to get me excited and go out there with the energy that I want to bring. But then afterwards, I definitely need like, yeah, I need like calm, quiet, Mm -hmm. more like one on one time versus like bunch of crowd time. Yeah, totally. I'm like that. Yeah. So this is great. Not Mm -hmm. only are y'all getting public speaking tips, but like how to put your speaking together. Yeah, totally. This is great. Anything else you want to add, Mandy? I don't think so. I think this was really detailed. (laughs) It was was very diverse and very in-depth. And I can't imagine that there's much missing, honestly, from like how to get over yourself and things to be mindful of and how to go out there and practice to the point where you can give a speech and then how to put it together, how to put together what you're saying in order to not totally lose your audience. I like it. Yeah. Like it's great. Yay. And I hope it helps our, our listeners because the thing is, even if you don't go out and do like big gigs where you're right. in front of a lot of people, there will inevitably be a time. Just like you said, like if you own a business or you want to have what? a successful job, you're going to have to talk in front of one person at least. I was the maid of honor once. Oh, yeah. That's this, the speech. Yeah, totally. Terrifying. Or a toast at <laughs> dinner. Yep. Or a birthday party or like funerals. Sometimes yeah. they're like at Toastmasters, there's been nights where you give an, a eulogy. Oh. So like you practice writing a eulogy and then you give it. Cool. I think mm-hmm. you just said eulogy. Oh, I can't wait I to really hear that know. playback. <laughs> <laughs> I've said a lot of words that didn't really sound like the right words. But there was I just one earlier too. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about it right now. <laughs> so hard. I'm going to let it go though. Like I said, even on here, I mess up with my words too. Sometimes <laughs> what happens is you just roll with it. Words are hard. Just keep going. No one noticed. <laughs> no, that's what I think in my head all the time. <laughs> well, thank you for this amazing yeah, talk. Thank you. I really appreciate you doing this for us. Thanks. Yay. And let us know what you think. Give us more tips if we didn't talk about it. But yeah. Honestly, let us know your tricks. If you have a trick yeah. for standing in front of people or calming down before you go out there, we want to hear it. Yes, yes, yes. You can find us on instagram at woman get in facebook at woman get in and uh that's about it we have a website uh we have an email inquiries at womangetin.com if you'd like to shoot us questions or topic suggestions things you want to hear more of we are open to your suggestions yeah 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 and we have some cool stuff coming up so 
thanks for being here and thanks for listening thanks for continuing to listen and all your support Mm -hmm. love you love you too